Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the area. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio. Um, as always, it's Johnny, and I'm joined by the Everything MFC owner, Dana, and Rudy Gisted's number one fan, um, Elliot Venice. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining me, uh, as always. Let's chat about Millsbury Football Club. Let's chat about Friday night to start things off. Um, I wasn't actually going to start off with an apology, but I'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, we are a little bit late this, mo- uh, this evening as well, just due to a technical error, but... We're live now. Let's chat about Luton. Um, guys, 3-3. Three, three, Woodgate's first game in charge. I don't think I've, seen, I've had so much excitement in about three years. But um, Dana, I'll start off with you as always. Um, were you happy with the performance on Friday night? Yeah, I was pleased with it. I think obviously there were obvious improvements to be made. But all in all, like how many times can you say that Borough have been entertaining for the past few years? I think it's everything that we were craving. Um, under Tony Pulis and you know, I didn't expect to go there and, and kind of steamroll Luton they've had back-to-back promotions they're no mugs they've obviously won back-to-back promotions for a reason so um, yeah I mean it, it, it had everything didn't it it had a penalty miss uh, a penalty claim that probably should have been given I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. But then everyone says it was Stonewall. But then I thought, well, yeah. he, I thought he, he nicked the ball first, and then he he followed through. And then it was debatable, yeah. wasn't it? But it had a bloody Diego Maradona goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> goal Cuminero, two worldies. It was a an open game, frantic end to end. It's everything that we've been wanting in the past few years. Mm. Obviously, with that in mind, and you know, we scored three goals, three good goals as well. Um, okay, Britt was a little bit, you know. Ugh. But um, it was a, it was good build to actually good press to actually win the ball and, and score. But Elliot, um, defending wise, you would have thought two years under Tony Pulis, um, three years under Ayala Karanga, a few years under Steve McLaren, Southgate and so forth. We'd probably learn how to defend or be a bit a little bit better. Um, was that a little bit worrying conceding three to Luton? Um, I guess so, but it was kind of the the opening you know game of the season. Um, it was you know, it was just a crazy game. I think and both teams just wanted to to attack. Um, I was looking at the kind of the average positions um, for both Colson and Housen, um, and they were really high up the pitch um, throughout the game. Um, McNair as well was re- like he was pretty much on level terms of, with Brit of where they were in average positions. So. You know, there's a lot of players getting forward, and and Luton kind of have that. Um, you know, that's what they tend to do as well. They have fullbacks bombing on. So, I did predict before the game two two, and when it was two two at half time, I thought, Jesus, what's it? What's the full time score going to be? Um, so I kind of expected it to be a bit like that. Um, but there's no doubt. I think even Woody said it in his uh, in his kind of after match press conference. He said, obviously, there's, there's things to be working on defensively, um, and just you know, make sure we're not. Conceding three every week because you know you want to come away with the victory. Yeah, it's always a slight worry when you concede three. Um, but I was I was trying to think about the game in general, and the first goal for them is, is it's unstoppable. So you kind of like tick that off. Yeah, but do you um, not think that we could have maybe? Uh, th- to be honest, when Sonny Bradley gets the ball, it almost seemed like it was an attorney from him yeah, to chest that. it down. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. In, there is claims to like close them down quicker, and then people turn the back as well for it to go in. Then you can also say if Randolph's a little bit more, he's had more pre-seas, he's more active. Then does he save it? He probably doesn't. But um, obviously, I was going to say like the ones like the, the actual shot itself is unstoppable. Yeah. And then the second one is yeah, it's two errors, and it should have been defended. That okay, that's the one goal I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, all right, we we should have done better with that one. But then the third one, for me, if Brit scores a penalty. I, I, don't, I don't see them scoring a third 
Um, and then, and then, but then obviously, obviously it was three three in the end. But I think it was one of those games where like it could have been five one Middlesbrough, four one Luton. It could have went either way. Um, but I thought a draw was a fair result. But there's a player I want to speak about as well, and it's Hayden Coulson. Um, it was at Cambridge last year, um, debut for Middlesbrough. Um, I didn't actually know. I can't believe he was actually 21. By the way, when he said it to me like last week, I was like, <laughs> what? Um, but I thought, what, what do you think of Hayden Coulson in that game? I thought he had a, a mixed game in the first half. I thought he started well, and then when we we scored, like the whole, the kind of, I mean, it wasn't just Hulson, Hulson, Coulson, It was the whole team, to be honest. They they sat off, and and we we were quite poor after we scored. Um, and I think after that, in the in the second half, when uh, Luton changed their system, he was a lot a lot better. He was a lot threatening, mm-hmm. um, a lot more threatening. You know, we we kind of had that. Um, avenue down the left hand side with him but in the first half it was mixed like I said started well kind of fell off a little bit um, I mean he was up against Callum McManaman who was very high up the pitch mm. um, and I'm actually quite glad he, he faced him because you know that's a really good test on, on your first game on your debut and hopefully you know you can kind of learn from that I think if it was a different game with a kind of a, a winger that wasn't in the similar vein of, of Callum McManaman, it might have been a, a different game for Hayden Coulson, but I'm kind of glad that he, he, he was given that test against him. But overall, I thought he was good. I mean, the second half, he, he was he was much better. Yeah, I was going to say with uh, with Callum McManaman as well, um, when looking at his average positions, he was he was further forward than um, the strikers and he, he almost drifted quite central. So he, he looked like he was a real handful to deal with. So like Dana said, I think it's better that he came up against you know a winger doing that rather than kind of a defensive style winger so I was going to say what, 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 do, you th- what do you think of Hayden Coulson as well because I know we had the discussion in, in our group chat and we uh, pretty much slated him in the first <laughs> half and said he might potentially get dragged depending on what type of get, uh, manager Woodgate is um, but I thought second half he, he was excellent I, so I think this, the change in formation definitely did help him when they went with more of a diamond does give him the extra room to, to bomb forward but were you happy with him? Yeah I, I was really impressed and I think he's going to be involved a lot this season I think him and Bowler now are going to be the, the left backs I don't, I don't think and I think unless injuries crop up I don't think Friend will be, be, play, be playing there um, especially with the kind of poor performance of, of Shotton as well um, not only in this but in in pre-season as well um, that friend might get a look in at centre-back um, so. does, does the performance of Ryan Shotton make you think oh we need a couple we need a centre-back to bring in I was thinking that because I seen Dana put a tweet out a couple of days ago about it um, but seeing as how we're operating in the transfer market we don't seem to be linked with any so I think I seem to think that Woody seems comfortable with, with what we've got with friend and, and Fry coming back and I've heard rumours, but I don't, I don't know if, it, if it's true myself that Dyke Steele can play centre back as well. Um, uh, so. Defensive mid. Right. Okay. I'm not sure about centre back though. But yeah, um, I think I think we'll be covered. I mean, you know, if we get two injuries, then then we will be a bit screwed there. But um, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Marvin Johnson, obviously, he hasn't played for Mills for what, 18 months. You mean Neymar? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Neymar Marvin. Neymar Marvin Johnson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he hasn't played for 18 months, and what I thought was a really good performance from him. I thought it was really solid. Um, I thought he, he looked dangerous on, on the right-hand side. And were you surprised a little bit by Marvin Johnson's performance at all? But I was actually surprised to see him start, if, if anything. Well, yeah. But, yeah, but Well, to be honest, I saw a few reactions to the starting line up when it was announced and a lot of people were saying where's Tav why is Johnson there and I'm thinking well there's a reason for that and it's because Marvin Johnson's performed in pre-season more than Tav has and you know I think you saw against Luton exactly why he's been put in the starting 11 because he looks like he's got a point to prove and I think obviously it was only one game but he's already on his way to proving that point I just hope that we can kind of keep him in that sort of form because he was he was excellent every time he kind of cut inside and he was somebody called him Mr Whippy which made me laugh <laughs> but like but the, the, <laughs> the yeah the first goal it wasn't just his delivery but his touch to take it under control it, it gave him that extra few seconds to pick Ashley Fletcher out and it was just a wonderfully um a wonderful delivery and and thankfully Ashley Fletcher was allowed to finish but um, yeah, I was impressed with him. I thought he more than deserved his chance, and hopefully he can kind of continue in the same uh, form. I was going to say with Johnson, he when he when we first signed him, I think, well, I think even though it was two million pounds, I still wouldn't have paid that now. But um, I th- he started off very bright under Gary Monk, and then he worked very well with Lewis Baker. I think it was the QPR game. I it think was, where we were yeah. f- was it was it 
3-0 or something. He set up one of the goals, didn't he? Yeah, and he he was very, very bright. And then as soon as Tony Pulis came in, he just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, So it'd be nice to see what he does this season, um, bearing in mind if we do keep hold of him come the the end of the the transfer window. Um, But I've got a question, Elliot, and I think it's prime for you this man um, Tom Muldowney he says obviously with Marvin Johnson um, made his way back from Middlesbrough do you think this, you could say the same for your your love of your life um, Q Queen love of my life Mr Rudy Gustad well I don't think it's going to be uh, <laughs> I don't think re- it's going to be that people fortunate are gonna for Rudy th- people are going to actually think that you've got something for Rudy Gustad I, can't I, sh- even I should really how this started I can't, I can't anyway I, I, sorry. I, put, I put him in the line no I, I predicted that he was going to come on and score for a game which yeah, he didn't I've even, I don't even know if he could, made the bench. It was a random game last season. <laughs> I don't know why I was feeling it. I think I must have dreamt it or something. That Rudy was going to come on as a sub. I think it was like a way at Stoke or something. And that he was going to come on and we were going to win 1-0. Um, and it turns out we, we started Jordan Hugel and... Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I don't think I don't think Rudy um, will find a way back in. I'm I'm kind of hoping um, for how we've been acting in the transfer market that he, that he leaves because the wages, <gasps> as we've always said, <laughs> uh, the wages that he's on um, is, is probably ridiculous, and he's not going to be useful. I don't think this season. Um, and I, th- I think obviously with the players we're being linked with, we're still in for another striker and or mm. winger, centre attacking midfielder. So. Um, to, to kind of have three, and the three that obviously would be thinking it would be Britt, um, Fletcher, and, and obviously I don't think Rudy Gusted's in our plans. Yeah, I, I can see Rudy going, but I think he does have something to prove. I think with that, with, with the the proving point, it's more or less of if he gets the opportunity, we're, we're starting to deliver crosses more in the box, it could probably potentially work out for him, and it's something different as well. I think that the beauty of what Mills are have, um, we have three different strikers, you know, we have someone who's more of like a poacher um, with with British on belong. We have someone who can run up the defenders more, who's more direct than Ashley Fletcher. But then we also have Rudy Gusted. So if we want to play it long, we have the ability to do that. Um, obviously, Lyle Taylor is Lyle Taylor at Charlton. And he's being linked as well. Um, so I, I can't really see Rudy Gusted. Being... Where would you think you would go, with Rudy Gusted? Though that's Any, what I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere where there's favorite, uh, favorite some sort of Sheffield Wednesday job. Just saying. Anywhere where there's like Mark Hughes or Tony Pulis of the world, um, Rudy Gusted's looking out for them, um, sitting enviously waiting on, on transfer deadline day. The managerial carousel. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he's going to go on a on a permanent anywhere. I think it's going to be probably um, a last minute loan deal, um, which isn't great business for the club. Well, um, he, he was going to Millwall, wasn't he? And then I think yeah. he blocked the move yeah. for some unknown reason. I mean, I don't blame him really. Who would want to play for Millwall? But to be fair, they've got that physical edge that I think he might... Yeah, but it's Millwall. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I can understand why I wouldn't want to go. I mean, I wouldn't want to play for Millwall, but I mean, if I did, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't mind the pay packet. So, you know, but I think... Uh, let's talk transfers, actually. Let's, let's actually move on to that point. Um, I don't even know whether to apologise for this. Um, so last night we we had a chat in, in the group and I decided to put a tweet up about British Sambalonga um, on our page and I literally just thought it was a joke. Um, said that British Sambalonga was linked to Crystal Palace. Little did I know it was actually on, it actually went on one borough a few about ten fifteen minutes afterwards. Um, so, so anyway, I put that tweet up, um, and my phone is still buzzing um, from people engaging with it. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I made it up. <laughs> yeah, I plucked it out my ass. Sake, um, but but no, it, to be fair, what I found that found there was it is so easy to make a rumor up, and if yeah. you have like a good valid following, which we do, and I absolutely love our following so much, but I felt really bad when I put it up, and then. We were we were saying in our group chat, Jesus Christ, I actually can't believe how well this is actually doing this tweet. But Brit, if you listen to this, I'm really sorry. Um, Crystal Palace, Japan. Crystal Palace, Japan. I'm really sorry. I, I, cu- I couldn't believe that one. F- fair enough that the Crystal Palace fan page, the, like the original one in English, that was bad enough because. <laughs> Damn um, the yeah. That was like low-key racism a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that, that was just finding any any black player who's played for Borough uh, the past couple of years will we'll stick him on the picture. I couldn't, I couldn't quite believe it. And then the second one, the put um, Britain and Nottingham Forest shirt. And I was like, lads, you're driving him area. 
and then they finally put a third one and I was just like well third time lucky I guess but it was <laughs> just third time's a challenge but they they got a lot of engagement on that as well mm-hmm. um, a lot of Palace fans and a, a lot of Palace fans were fuming that they, we, they were going for Brit to be honest they were like oh, he's, he's rubbish and all this um, but I couldn't believe how many people just believed it just because it was on some random well, Palace he, fan page he was linked with Crystal Palace last December I can yeah. remember yeah. and that's where I kind of thought of it and I was speaking to the I was speaking to Tom Green, you know the who's, who's been on the podcast loads of times. Shout what's, out to what's his sh- nickname? Uh, the uh, he's got to kill me for that. Yeah, uh, some fanzine entertainment. Fanzine entertainment of the year, isn't he? Something uh, like that. Something like that. Yeah. Tom, I'm sorry. Um, I'll see you at work tomorrow. And I apologise. Um, but in terms of British summer longer, right? Say the rumor was true, and he was going to Bristol City, not Bristol City. <laughs> Where did that? Go? Um, it's Crystal Palace. How much would you sell him for? And would you sell him? Actually, no, would you sell him and how much for? I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't. I mean, imagine Not selling this point it. in the window, yeah. Yeah, imagine selling your top, your best striker on Wednesday when the transfer yeah. closes, transfer window closes on the Thursday. The only way I think to do it would be if we got an absolutely stupid offer. Um, I don't way even more think we'd entertain but then, that, but, then, but then it's like kind of, you know, we'd have to have a replacement lined up. You couldn't go into the season with yeah. with just Ashley, Ashley Fletcher and Rudy Usted. I think it really depends on what Wilfred Zaha does. Um, I think if he was to go to who's he, Everton, for Everton, Everton only got, got a bit rejected today. I think it was like 70 million plus check, Tonson and yeah. James McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. But if he went, they've got cash to burn. Millersburg pretty much say, oh, well, we want 20 million for Brits on longer. We're not going to get 20 million for Brits on longer, but. It would be like, oh, well, okay, if we can get someone else here and there's 20 million there, you know, you've got Ashley Fletcher, you've got Rudy there, you've got Steve Walker. And yeah. mm-hmm. They are after a striker, though. They, um, I think they're close to a 23 million deal for a, a striker. See, that's where I think they're going for completely different targets. Um, I think Palace are not the type of club who would come in for, for Britain. I think there's there's probably teams in the Premiership that would um, entertain the idea of Brit, but I don't think Palace would be one. Okay. No, I think we're fairly safe with Brit staying, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Leaves. Um, <laughs> now that you've said that, Dave. Oh, no. We actually go actually goes to Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a rumour. I knew it all along. I mean, ITK, ITK. Um, well, let's chat Dale Fry, actually. Um, he was linked away um, with Burnley uh, earlier this week. I think it was the, the deal was it was £8 million, I believe. Yeah. £8 million, ri- rising to £11 million. Um, Dale Fry, if you had the opportunity to bring Ben Gibson back, would you do it? And do you think we should actually sell Dale Fry in general, to be honest? I wouldn't get rid of Fry for Gibson. It's either both of them or just keep Fry. Okay. And I also just wouldn't sell Fry anyway. I think £8 million is such a derisory offer for, you know, a a player that a lot of managers nowadays seem to be after, you know, that ball playing Mm -hmm. centre-back. I think you're paying for potential as well. So, eight million pounds is nothing really. It's pennies. Yeah. So shout out to Ian Smith for actually submitting that question. Sorry, Ian. Um, but would you sell him, Elliot? And is, nah, is, does, does he have nah. a price to sell him? I'd hope not. <laughs> um, I think he's probably one of the biggest assets at this club. Um, and you know, I think at some point, yeah, if he is. If he does become so good and we are still in kind of a similar position, um, then he'll probably move on, like just like Ben Gibson did. But um, at the moment, you know, if we were to do that, I think it'd, it'd be ludicrous because the, the current crop of defenders we have would be it, it would be significantly reduced if, if we got rid of Fry, um, and it would be also I personally believe it'd be that case of um, with Brit, we'd have to entertain a, a really high offer um, and have a replacement lined up. Um, mm. But I think he's one of the biggest assets at the club. He's a borough lad. Um, we all want him to stay desperately. And, and I think at this point, it wouldn't be kind of the best move anyway. Um, I've seen somebody put a tweet um, in response to that um, £8 million bid, which I thought was was pretty accurate, really. Um, and they were talking about what Burnley have done with centre-backs in, in the last couple of years. Um, and they were talking about, obviously, Tarkovsky. Um, and Leicester, and apparently, you know, there was a bid rejected, or that Leicester were not going in for him anymore. Um, I can't quite think of the, the defender that left previously. Uh, Michael Keane, that was it. Um, where Michael Keane was obviously first choice, and then they kind of brought in Tarkovsky um, as one to learn. When Keane left, Tarkovsky then stepped up, 
And then it was kind of rumoured that, you know, if Tarkovsky goes to Leicester, Gibson will let him step up and then Fry will take Gibson's place of the one that's learning the trade underneath. Um, so I guess it's, it's good news all round when, when we've seen Leicester weren't going back in for Tarkovsky, really. I think, to, to, touching on Dale Fry before we well, I move on to um, Dyke Steele, um, I think Dale Fry, and I've, all, I've said it for months, he is the best centre-back at the football club by country mile in terms of ball playing and... Uh, technical ability as well. I think we've got so many centre halves which are just kickers and headers. Um, this <coughs> the, the Ayala, obviously Delph, Eden uh, Flint when he was here, um, Ryan Shotton, still very very similar centre halves. Um, he's just a breath of fresh air a little bit, and I think we just it'd be so stupid and typical Borough to to sell Dale Fry now as you're implementing this system which suits him yeah. to an absolute T. Um, and no disrespect to Ben Gibson, but he's not that type of centre back that we need. Um, good centre half. Love to have Ben Gibson back. Love love to have him playing alongside Dale Fry. Um, but I would never swap Dale Fry for Ben Gibson for this absolute style that we're t- trying to play. And I actually think Dale Fry is a little bit better than what Ben Gibson was when Ben Gibson came through. Yeah, and like the, and uh, like Dana said, you're, you're paying for potential, aren't you? So it's kind of like, you know, he's got, as he, five years older than him. Um, so although it wouldn't be a disastrous thing to have Ben Gibson back, you wouldn't want him in, in a straight swap deal. You'd, you know, you'd want him to be playing alongside each other, really. I would love them together, though. Nice, it's got a nice ring and, and Gibson, yeah, that would be great, but... I don't think that's going to happen. Possibly next season. Possibly, Maybe. Neil. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's chat uh, Marcus Tavernier as well. Um, the link with Barnsley as well. Um, I kind of see it as a non-starter, really, um, but I feel like we should discuss it. Um, I think because James Reeves um, sent the sent the question in, and it, it, it's a valid point, really, because um, does Tavernier have the the prospect? Really, is he going to be playing first team football this year? And would you actually let him go? Out on loan to another team, or would you rather keep him within the squad? I think he's a he's part of the the first team squad, but I wouldn't have him as a starter because I mean this might be slightly controversial, but I think it's been two years since his breakthrough under Gary Monk, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen anything to suggest that he's more than average. And I'm not saying he's he's a bad player and we should flog him. I'm just saying that he's okay. And you, if you think about it, Gary Monk, Tony Poulis, now under Jonathan Woodgate, there has to be an issue there if he's not getting in the starting lineup consistently. Obviously, there's still questions over Jonathan Woodgate because there's only been one game. Um, so it remains to be seen there. But he went to MK Jonathan, he didn't pull up trees in pre season from the game that I saw. He, he didn't really. I mean, he was okay again. It, it's more like five out of 10 or six out of 10 performances we'd have. The odd better one. But I just see him as, as average. Okay. I mean, he's only know. he's only twenty, so there's room to grow. But right now, at present, I just he's okay, and that's that's it for me. I think when you've got a manager like Tony Pulis, I think that any attacking player is gonna like not thrive under that type I, of football. I think Yeah, I think his uh, kind of uh, learning kind of um, was, you know on hold last year type of thing. I think it you know it kind of got hindered last year under under Tony Pulis. Um, I don't think he anywhere near the game time he deserved um i think i think wing only did um because of because we were destined on playing seven center midfielders um but even at one point it looked as though you know wing was playing just as well um at the start of the season you know we everyone was kind of crying out for wing and tav to play together um and it looked as though neither of them were going to get a look in um but i don't know i i think and i know it's just kind of shirt numbers and stuff but I think we're giving the number seven shirt I think he's going to be definitely in and around the first team I think I recall Woody saying something as well in pre-season that he's going to be heavily involved because um, he mentioned it along the same time of you know starting Hayden Coulson um, so I think I think he's going to be in and around I think obviously a lot of people expected him to start I think Johnson um, I probably agree with you Dana on, on the last kind of pre-season game with St. Etienne I think Johnson played better than him I think Ty Johnson got the nod over him I still wasn't expecting Fletcher to play kind of as the left-sided midfielder, um, but you know played well. Um, so I think he's definitely got room to play, and I think obviously I think he's got potential to go in centre attacking mid as well. When we well it remains to be seen, but 
kind of my prediction is that we're going to play four two three one at home and four three three away. And if we play the four two three one at home, I think Woody will put him in that hole. Do you think um, he's good enough for it now, though, at the moment? Cause I, 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 it's I, I don't know. It's hard to judge. Um, he's that's where he's played in preseason, hasn't he? So and then obviously went up top um, when Britt went off against Saint Etienne. But I, I don't know. I think with his I don't know. I think with his turn of pace, um, kind of agility and, and quick touch and everything like that, I think it'd be suited better than out wide. And especially if we're going, it seems like we're going for another wide player. Um, he might be there because then obviously you've got um, Brown, Johnson, um, Fletcher, Colson can even play there. You've got a lot of players who can play on, on the wings now when we thought we only had like one last season. So it's, a, it's changed a lot. Um, so I don't know. I hope, I hope he does start. This weekend, to be honest, um, just to kind of you know see how it, see how he goes with it, playing playing in that camp. Well, Woodgate sees him as a midfielder, doesn't he? He mm. said he sees him more through the the middle. But then, if you look at that, if we don't play a number ten, if we play four three three, then he's got McNair, Savile, and Wing and Housen all in front of him. Can you can you see him dislodging any of them from that uh, midfield? That's what I mean. I think if we play four three three, unless he's obviously done enough to get himself in the team on the wing then um, I think he, he'd just be left out um, because he, he wouldn't get in over he, he wouldn't suit I think fitting in a, a system of a 4-3-3 where he's going to be expected to you know, drop back and defend as well I think he's got to be in a hole just doing his own kind of thing just dropping into free space and picking up the ball and not be required to defend So I think there's a lot of ingredients that comes in to being a a very very good football and it's obviously comes comes down to style people around you what league you're in what who's your manager there's so many if, ifs and buts about it I think the one thing that doesn't board well for Max Tavernier is that he hasn't had the game time um, Lewis Wing looks very very good because he's had tons of game time he had it at Yeovil he was playing not he was playing for North Shields week in week out um, I was like a competitive level it's like competitive like men's game level, um, hence why well, I appreciate he's a few years older than him as well but I think with Tavernier he just needs that game time and I wouldn't be mad if he went out on loan again but I think I agree with you Elliot, I think he would be better suited in a number 10 position I think he, that would be ideal for him but also you've got to give Marvin Johnson his chance, you've got to give uh, Hayden Coulson the chance but I think long term you could pro- you'll probably see Brown and Tavernier on the wings unless we bring in uh, Wes Burns from from Fleetwood Town. Um, well, I'd like to come on to in a second, but in terms of another question, we've got Dyke Steele in now, and he's going to be playing right back, so that pushes Housen up, like you just mentioned. With Housen, Savile, McNair, Clayton, am I, I'm missing someone here, Tavernier. Tough. Wing. Wing. You've got six midfielders there. Why, how many have I missed Lewis Wing out the whole thing? But um, You've got six midfielders there now. Do you expect one or two to potentially leave in the window or who would you potentially sell because for me I think probably, I'd probably I'd be looking at George Savile and thinking well you haven't brought much since you came to the club so you you kind of you might get a decent figure for him back because he's still young um, I think I would keep hold of Paddy McNair you can get Tavon on loan if he's not going to be implementing but is is one going to go essentially no like, like we've mentioned earlier I think it's too late in the window to be flogging players and I think Jonathan will get said in his pre-match press conference earlier today although he didn't directly state it I don't think he kind of hinted that there wouldn't be any outgoings I mean some stubs did leave but I think significant outgoings in um, kind of permanent deals I don't think we're going to entertain that because he's ha- he said he's happy with the squad that he's got um, he's trying to bring one more player in but in terms of outgoing, outgoings um, it seems as though we're kind of done on that but then again it is deadline day tomorrow and you never know what bids can come in for players that might be a really good bid for a player and we might be like yeah if there's a replacement lined up but midfield is your engine room and I think with the style of play that we're, we're playing this high press players are going to get fatigued they're going to get injuries we're going to have to call upon players like maybe Tav and you know George Savile to, to kind of fill in so I wouldn't sell any midfielders yeah I don't I don't think we should either um I think I think the six of them obviously if even if you play in the, the 4-3-3 it requires at least then all of them have got a substitute replacement in a sense if if the, to pick up injuries um I think there is going to be injuries like Dana said with this uh, new style of play um and 
a lot of them are quite versatile, so if there's injuries in other places, if Dykesil gets an injury, Housen's there to cover a right back. Um, McNair's played there last year, so you know there's, there's places where other people can fill in. Wing could potentially go in a, a camp position. Um, hey, you never know. George Savile could play left wing back again. You actually, you actually know what? <laughs> Which I hope that he never act- happens again. He actually played quite well against Blackburn away. There, I said it. Um, that one was all, that no, one. That one wasn't play. too bad. The, I, the the one that sticks in my mind, which just gives me nightmares, was I mean everything went wrong in that Brentford game in the second half. Um, but he was just watching the ball just go you, over his head, yeah, and he was just uh, yeah. It was. He I wasn't, get what you mean. I get what you mean. But yeah. the one thing that killed that whole game was bringing on George Trent for British Sambalonga. I left. I I, I kicked <laughs> off. I, I literally was like, I'm not watching this. And I'm blind. I was like, ah, I'm off. They're gonna win two on these. And people I used to stand next to were just like, he's he's mental. Him like, why is he going? And I was, I was go- probably staying for the chips and curry after full time. That's Shout probably out. the only reason why I stayed. That's probably one of the main things I'm looking forward to: the chips and gravy from the. Oh, the chips and curry. There's there's a a burger van. Game changer. There's a Mackham. I always have a little bit of banner with a Mackham because it's a Mackham, but he sells banging chips and curry anyway. Anyway, shout out, shout out to uh, the Macam that sells dinner chips and curry. <laughs> um, and also shout out to Simon, although actually we submitted one of the questions as well, which I kind of took for myself. Um, but let's move on, let's chat Brentford. Um, a team that we always used to love playing against, especially under Aitor Karanga, where we'd win all the time. Um, we did suffer, we, 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 you know, we, we struggled a little bit against them last season, the style of play that they played. I always like it when Brentford come to the Riverside. I think they're a very, very good footballing team. Um, I know you two have been doing your research, so I'm going to leave the the mic and let you crack on. Do you want to start dinner? Yes, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last game, the opening game of the season, they played um, Birmingham. Can I just say that was like, I looked at, sorry, I know you're going to go on the stats, but typical FIFA game. It was, yeah. Uh, 15 attempts on goal Brentford had, Birmingham had one. Birmingham one won 1-0. One on target, header from 45 I yards know, out. it was a header from <laughs> outside the box. Absolute bullet of a header, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But they dominated in the first half. A lot of their fans are saying it was a really excellent first half performance. They were just a mixture of unlucky and poor in their finishing. Yeah. Um, I look back on the highlights and they hit the post twice. It was um, Ollie Watkins and Marcondes, Miliano Marcondes. To be honest, both of those should have been testing the goalkeeper, so I would put that down to poor finishing. And then in the second half, they they just didn't click. It was a, quite a poor display in the second half, and um, I mean they've they've had obviously notable departures. Mopé's just um, joined Brighton for twenty million, I think. So million, yeah. he obviously wasn't starting. You've got Ben Rama, who's um, poised to join Aston Villa. They've lost Romain Sawyer's. Um, lost the keeper as well, Dean uh, David uh, Bentley. Sorry, yeah, Daniel Bentley. Um, Daniel Bentley. Sorry. He, yeah. he, he always <laughs> seemed proper dodgy, though. Like, yeah, um, he did. every time I watched him at the Riverside, I was like, he's he's. Usually. He made a mistake at the Riverside, didn't he? Yeah, they've lost another one as well. I feel like the, the other centre midfielder who was uh, playing last season, that Macodjo, um, mm. played centre mid with Sawyer's. He he wasn't. He was mint him. Him and Sawyer's last year were class. I seen him and he's mint man. <laughs> <laughs> they lost their um, they lost the centre back as well, Con Conza, I think. Oh yeah, they, to he Villa, went to yeah. Villa as yeah. well. Uh, obviously they replaced him with uh, Pontus Janssen, um, who I also remember giving it the big into the generation Red Family Zone when Leeds played us, which is very hard. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh yeah oh, they, you're hard. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've just they signed um Matthias uh, Jensen from Celta Vigo for three point four million. He impressed on his debut against Birmingham. Um, He's a set, uh, he played centre midfield. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, they've also signed Drew Yearwood, who was a former Borough target. Um, what a player he is! I can't wait to watch him on Saturday. They've actually signed such a good player. Such a good player. Sorry. They've signed some pretty. I mean, I assume the um, the hidden gems from you know overseas because they've they've signed. Um, Joel Valencia from, I think, a Polish team. They've signed Christian Norgard from Fiorentina. They obviously signed uh, Jensen from Celta Vigo. They've just signed Brian and Buemo, I think, for 5.8 million. And I think with Brentford, they they do have a really good recruitment policy. You seem to yeah. they seem to like just pick gems, and and they all of a sudden become 20 million pound players like Neil Mopé. So, um, I do you still think that's one where the 
I need to get someone in there because I think Ollie Watkins played centre forward, didn't he? Um, in that game, I think it was um, Mark Hondes. But th- they have yeah. been linked with an Iranian striker just today. Um, right. I, I can't remember his name. Um, that's always my worry with them. Um, obviously, the kind of a selling club um, with the best assets and, and replace them. And is that is it at one point? You know that they that it, it's gonna they're not gonna get a certain player in and they're gonna be lacking in a certain area. Um, the team still looks good um, on paper, um, and you know, apart from this weekend, uh, I hope they do well because they kind of have a good style of play and stuff. And I hope, obviously, the new signings um, from you know Celta Vigo and Fiorentina sound pretty good. So yeah, last season their issue was they they often got results in that they were inconsistent. They got them yeah. in bursts, and their defense was was a problem. Um, it seemed as though I mean that was a kind of a, a little bit of a, a fluke goal, could you say? That header was was some header. Um, it's not often you see them go straight in from outside the box, but um, I think offensively they'll be fine. They seem to to click um, up top, but it, it's kind of in defense. Obviously they have signed Janssen, which might strengthen it, but. Um, in, in all honesty, I think that this weekend is probably the best time to play Brentford. They've just lost Mopay. They've got another. They've they've got um, Ben Rama, who's probably going to join Aston Villa tomorrow. So it's probably the best best time to play them because new signings will be bedding in. We could sneak a result against them, I think. And being a bit deflated from kind of being the better team and, and coming out with a loss. Um, mm, I, well I like us. I like watching Brentford, and I know I just mentioned it about five minutes ago, but. They play really good football. It's kind of what I wanted Millsborough to play last year. I appreciate you're never going to watch under Tony Pulis. Um, but they just, they just seem like an enjoyable team. I have a lot of respect for them and, and the B-Spot guys as well um, who have like connected connected with us over the last couple of seasons too. Um, it's going to be a really difficult game for me. I think they're going to try and... It's, it's, it's either going to go two ways. It's either going to be a, re- a very tense game where you're going to cancel each other out or it's going to be the complete opposite it's going to be a goal fest um, teams where I think it would probably be the latter be a goal fest just the way Mills were set up now and we're still trying to adjust to that press and we we didn't it, when we played Luton it was in flurries where we would get the press right and then there was sometimes where we'd get pressed yeah. wrong and then we'd get we were opened up and then there would counter attack us I was say, I think Woodgate said that in his uh, after match press conference he said um, you know, with the press, we need to know the, the better times to do it because there was times and um, they said, you know, we left ourselves open. Um, I've got a little bit more on Brentford, obviously, just just carrying on from what you were saying yeah. there. Um, so, you know, as as we know, the kind of their ethos is based around kind of high tempo, possession based game. Um, it kind of sees the team move forward a bit you know, intelligently and with pace. Um, and uh, you know, I was kind of thinking back to obviously when they were under. Dean Smith, um, and it was a very attractive style of player then. Um, uh, but when I kind of, I mean, I remember doing this as well when the when the last player was at home, um, covering what Thomas Frank had changed compared to Dean Smith. Um, and although the look as though has similarities, Frank actually uses the three four three, whereas Dean Dean Smith uses four three three. And Dean Smith was quite direct. He wanted to get the ball forward quicker. Um, still kind of playing along the floor, not just hoofing it up top of the Rudy Gusted. But, um, you know, he, he was quite a direct style of player. Um, Thomas Frank is kind of ticky-tacker. He wants a very slow build-up player, keep hold of the ball, very quick passing, and everyone move up together as a team. Um, and obviously, all the defenders, the, the three centre-backs, um, kind of ball-playing defenders, um, not Janssen as much. I think Janssen, sorry, it's going to be the, their, their, weak, their weak link, really. Yeah. Um, but obviously the the lineup uh, against Birmingham was a 3-4-3 three, three, um, with Janssen, uh, Genvia uh, and Ethan Pinnock. I think he was one of the new signs yeah, as well. Yeah, 3 million from Barnsley. 3 million from Barnsley. Um, Dalsgaard and Rico Henry. Um, My boy, Rico Henry. I, He's another one that's supposed to be leaving as well, Rico Henry. What? All right. Who too? I can't remember. Borough. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Dancing <laughs> in the street. If we sign Ray Gore Henry, um, even though we've got Mark Baller now and um, Aaron Coulson, but that's Ray Gore Henry, great player. Absolutely. So direct, quick. Yeah. Very, he's like a very much a 21st, uh, not 21st, well, yeah, 21st century fullback. Very, very modern fullback who is just, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go Premier League, surely. Yeah, surely. It, was, it was a Premier League side. Um, it was probably Bournemouth, to be fair. 
Sounds about seems, right. It sounds sounds like about right. Yeah. Said, yeah. You know what? Let's just put out there. Let's put. Let's, let's get, <laughs> get the room. Room starting. <laughs> Johnny, get your thumbs ready. <laughs> um, but I, I looked at the average positions for for Dalsgaard and uh, Rico Henry, um, and Dalsgaard was really, really advanced. Um, he was pretty much on the same line as the three forwards. Um, Henry, not so much, um, but. Yeah, it, it was obviously that they're, they're going to be getting forward a lot, and I, I'm thinking it. It's kind of like what happened at the Luton game, really. Both, um, both kind of teams um, playing with these fullbacks and kind of bombing on. will just look to get in behind each other all the time, um, and you know, Dal's guard and Rico Henry are going to try and do that. Um, Centre midfield. Uh, Sorry, Rico Henry to Celtic. Celtic. Right, I okay. mean. Yeah, if, if, replacement if you, for Kieran Tierney. If you want to ruin your career, go to Celtic. I don't care if you play Champions League football like two times a year, two times a year. You're not going to do very well there. Wouldn't suit him anyway. Very strange one. Mm. We'll have to see how that develops. Probably but, won't happen. Um, yeah, uh, like Dana said, Jen, uh, Jensen, Jensen, whatever, um, centre mid uh, with De Silva, um, Sergi Canos, Macondes, and Watkins um, as the front three. Um, I think I remember saying last season and um, putting a tweet out about it when it was um, Mopé, Ben Rama, and Watkins and scored more goals combined at that stage than Borough had as a team. Um, so you know, and Sergi Sergi Canis is a very good player as well. Um, I'm not too sure on Mark Andes. Was he also there last season? Or was he a recent signing? He was there last season. Yeah, right, he's okay. not in. He's not a part of the this season's. This summer's incomings list. Right, so he must okay. be there last season. Yeah, so I'm I'm quietly scared, but um, <laughs> based on the things you've said, obviously about the you know the new signings bedding in mm. um, and coming off the back of that defeat, I'm I'm quietly confident at the same time. I can't see him playing a three four three. I think you can see him coming with more of a five. Um, just the reason why I think if you three four three, oh, it's, it's, I think it's like a three four one two. I think they they played bar three four two one. It was one one or two. They played more of like an inverted wingers. Um, but with that type of formation, what what does happen is you get pulled apart very quickly, especially on the counter attack. Um, if Mills were do choose to play with like a high press and try and press the wings, um, like we did in the in the second half against Luton. We do have a very much we have a, have a very very good opportunity to try and get them on the counter attack and try and play more three flowing and we'll probably try and score where we try and get them behind the defenders rather than getting across into the box. Um, it's 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 a really interesting game actually. I think Saturday I think it was two very similar styles now, but um, I'm, I won't be, I won't say I'm quietly scared. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I think it'd be a very, very good game. But let's let's chat. Predi- nil, nil. Let's chat predictions. Actually, that what do you, I'm gonna, who wants to do the prediction first? We'll do we'll do lineup prediction and we'll do score prediction as well. Oh, lineup prediction first. Um, well, I've gone for a, a four-three-three again. Um, I think one change. It's uh, Dyke stealing for for Housen and then move Housen into midfield um, in place of. McNair, and to be fair, I was I was really impressed with McNair. So it's two changes. I can see it on you. Sorry, uh, I'm looking at your screen. Got friend sent me off. Oh yeah, yeah, friend in for Shotton. Um, Shotton's just our weakling. But then again, friend isn't exactly strong. But because we we don't have Dale Fry available, it just makes sense to to put friend in there. But just to to kind of uh, an overview, I'd have Randolph in goal, and then Dyke Steele right back. Um, I am in friend in the middle, Hayden Coulson on the left. I'd have Clayton as the holding midfield player. Then in front of him, Housen and Wing. And then Fletcher and Johnson supporting us on Belonga. And it's a shame with, with McNair. I think it's an interesting selection headache for Jonathan Woodgate because I actually thought uh, McNair was probably our best midfielder against um, mm. Luton. But because of what Wing can offer with his, you know, we scored that hashtag casual wingy banger against um, Luton and, and the fact that Housen has just got an engine on him. He just seems to, to run and run and run and work in, incredibly hard. It, to be fair, it, it's a toss-up between Housen and, and McNair. I wouldn't be all that um, mad about uh, McNair being there instead of Housen, but then do you drop Housen? Mm. And I've, I've put Dysteel in there because no, of the pace. I agree with that's that midfield. Thanks. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you get my seal of approval. Um, Score prediction. 
I'm I'm stumped on this one. I'm gonna go two one Brentford. I would love it to be two two and for us to get something out of the game, but I don't know, I can't see it. Okay, Els. Um I think the lineup prediction this week was, was pretty hard to be honest. Um because like uh, Dana was saying there with hers, um you know, do you just drop Housen straight away for for Dykesdale? I don't think he's He's uh, played terrible at all during pre-season or in, you know, he technically got the assist for Wings' goal. Um, you know, he, he, he does well in that position, um, but he's not, not that he's not natural, but we've, we've signed a right-back for a reason. Um, so it was a little bit hard, really. Um, I'm pretty much going to go with the same team. Um I, I know we always said don't change a winning team. I know it wasn't the winning team, but I don't think it was an overall bad, bad it performance. Team, it should have really. been, yeah. Um, I don't think it was an overall bad performance from anyone bar Shotton. So I think the only change I'm going to make is um, friending for Shotton. Um, and then, you know, other players came on and impressed, no doubt. And I think Dyke still will come good. Um, but I don't think there's a reason to kind of drop house and um, straight away. Do you not think away, because, but... because of Brentford's front line is a little bit more pace and, you know, kind of, they're a lot more technical mm. that maybe house would struggle? I mean, his positioning is, is pretty good considering that he's yeah. not a natural right back, but I'm yeah. just thinking that he might get exposed with pace. And you've got Dyke Steel that, I mean, without being rapid, he's he seems fairly quick. And yeah. and what I gathered from his highlights is that he reads the game incredibly well. I mean, you can tell that he was a, a defensive midfielder. He just The amount of interceptions in the highlights reel was quite impressive. So for me, I'd, I'd, I'd go Dyke Steel right back. Yeah, potentially um, Housen could be caught out. Um, I just think it would be harsh for him to lose his place. But like you say, if, if he does lose that right-back spot, um, he could get in midfield. But then it's, you know, like you said, I thought McNair played really well. He technically, I think, got the assist as well, um, was it? Or was it Clayton? Because he could, when they kind of pressed the ball for the for the second yeah. our second goal yep. um, and then passed it to uh, Sambalonga. Uh it Fletcher for a second. It might have been. I, I yeah, because there was a few of them there, but I, I think it McNair might have been McNair who intercepted it. Yeah. Um, but you know his average position as well. Um, like I was saying, was was really high up. So I think he he's very good at what we want to do. Um, it's tough. There's a, a lot of you know, kind of competition places, which is good. Um, but I'm just going to stick with it for now because I think. I think obviously, like he's done with Marcus Brown, he's going to try and ease people in, give people their opportunity, and if they take it, um, then so be it. But like you say, we don't know how it's been in the training training ground. But I think the only person who who didn't play well in the game to lose the place was Sean, um, and he he was the same in the Saint Etienne game, a stupid tackle as well for to give away that penalty. So, <laughs> score yeah. prediction. Um, score prediction. I'm going to go with. A one-all draw. Um, okay. Although we, we've been kind of saying we, we could be the best time to play them, I think it's still going to be a very difficult game. Um, we're still finding our feet um, with the new system, um, and I think I think a draw against them could be pretty good. They are one of the, one of the favourites um, to go up this year. Um, so I'm going to go one-all. I love how I said it'll be. It could be the best time to play them, and then predicted them to beat us two-one. I think it's. I think we're just maybe. <laughs> Thinking back it's to, that to last year, in the back of your head. yeah, I think maybe just thinking of what what happened last year as well. Um, but before, obviously, that substitution, we were one 0 up against them under a Tony Pulis system. So it's not like they're impenetrable. Do you know what I mean? They, they are. Um, and Thomas Frank's tightened them up a little bit um, since the Dean Smith days, but um, we could. We're more than we more than can score against them. Um, we created a lot of opportunities against them. We created seventeen. Um, and 12 from open play so it goes really well Um, so yeah but I think I'm I'm still going to go one all okay Uh, so my team's slightly different compared to yours I'll actually give shot on a second chance Um, I went Randolph in goal I've went Dyke Steele right right back went IR with Shotton and I've also went Baller left back as well Um, taking out Hayden Coulson as well I'll explain it when I when I make my points. But I've got Clayton in midfield um, with McNair and Wing, and I've got Johnson, Asombalonga, and then I'm I'm torn a little bit between Brown and Fletcher. 
I thought when Brown came on, I thought he was very, very bright and direct. And I thought, wow, that's, that's good. For, he looks a talent him. You see the little, uh, the, the little nutmeg around the corner. I loved it. Um, yeah. he got, the way he got around as well was brilliant. Um, but for me, the reason why I think Brown should potentially start over Fletcher is that I think Fletcher, apart from the goal that he scored, he didn't really contribute to much afterwards. I, I, I can't remember, the, can't remember the, what he did in the second half. That's um, true. That's a fair point. I think he's he fair games too much. I think he's more of like a direct striker rather than a, rather than a winger. Um, I think I think Brown will offer something different and be more direct in that front. Um, so in terms of Hayden Coulson, I think yes, he deserved to start. Yes, he deserves another chance. But I think if we're playing a very technically good side, and I think should I bear I say more experience than Ball, even though he's on he's on he's played more. Like League One, he's had a bit more experience around. So he had him. a full season but under his belt playing in the first team, and yeah, but also he just comes across as a very, very strong, uh, technically better and more tactically aware as well than what Hayden Coulson was. If we, if Hayden Coulson does that exactly what he did in the first half against Luton, then we're going to get torn to shreds on that right hand side, and Shotton needs that that support really. If he doesn't have it, then he's 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 knackered. Um, but in terms of that, that would be my my team. I'd definitely do a four three three as well. Um, but in terms of score prediction, I'm going to go. I must, you said two one Brentford. You said one one. I'm going to go two one Middlesbrough actually. So either side yeah. get that one to pull. I know who's going to win. I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking what one one last thing. Obviously, when when you're saying about the the four three three, and I've obviously went to kind of a um, a four two three one. Um, why are you thinking that? Are you just thinking because we kind of lined up like that last time, or you think it's a bit more solid in the middle? Or I think sorry. a four-three-three. Uh, when you play against a three-four-three, you have the ability in the midfield to kind of dictate the play a little bit more. Um, when you when they have a three, you've kind of got your two centre halves to to manage. Uh, you've also got Clayton who can fill in as and when needed, but also when you're in possession of the football. Clayton's more of that anchor. He has that. He has that ability to get his head up and look out wide and start integrating the play a little bit quicker, and we can start to move the ball forward a little bit. Hence, why I'd probably try and do a four-three-three. If we we're going to go a four-two-three-one, it would probably do exactly the same thing. It would soak up the play, but also we'd be able to to get forward a little bit quicker. But then we'd have four forwards rather than the three. But I just think we'll go probably more three and try and stretch the defence and, and allow Wing to have the space on the attack to try and. We'll give him the space to shoot essentially from twenty-five yards. I think that's why we probably go down that route. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So that wrap things up. I think Are we good on time. Okay, we've got two minutes. Um, so thank you very much for listening to the Board Breakdown podcast. Um, like, share, subscribe um, to the channel. Give us five star rating um, on iTunes and give us a follow on SoundCloud. And do all the fun stuff that you need to do. Um, also, if you if you like this podcast as well, do tweet us as well. We we, we do want to have feedback as well as the season goes on. We'll start to integrate more and more things and more questions as it goes on too. I promise I won't make it won't make up any transfer rumors about Britta Sambalonga again. Um, but Saturday, Brentford. It's not Ayo Karanka's three 0 Kike is not going to score, but um, until I've got some something tells me that I'm into something good. Take care. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. <laughs>